welcome to the Thriving Abroad podcast. I'm Louise Wilde, your host for these conversations with expats and international mobility professionals, where we share stories, strategies, tips and tricks to help you build a thriving international life. I'm so excited to announce today's conversation with Jerry Jones. Jerry is a cross-cultural trainer, coach and transition specialist who was living in China when we spoke, but now is in transition to his new life in Malta. In our conversation, Jerry shares his thoughts on how we can care for ourselves and those we love during these challenging times, but also challenge ourselves to finish 2020 strong. As he says, We all have to settle for less this year, but less is still better than nothing. If we settle for nothing this year, then we have missed something. Now, to put our conversation into context, I spoke to Jerry before the death of George Floyd and the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement. But I do want to draw your attention to his blog, thecultureblend.com, and a great article he wrote about being a white father to a black son called Yeah, but you're not black. It's really thought-provoking stuff. Now, you can download the show notes for this episode on the thrivingabroad.com website. Look for episode 59, and on the blog post, you'll see the link to the show notes. And in the show notes, you'll see links to Jerry's website and blog. And while you're on the Thriving Abroad website, why not sign up for the newsletter, a fortnightly newsletter, and you'll receive my free gift of four playbooks from the Thriving Abroad Together podcast series. There were 21 episodes in that series. And if you missed the series, then this is a great way to catch up on the content. So on to today's episode and conversation. Enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad podcast and today's podcast conversation. I am really excited today to be welcoming to the conversation, Jerry Jones. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Louise. It's great it's to talk really, to you. Well, it's lovely to have you joining the conversation. I think you are the first person I have spoken to on the Thriving Abroad podcast who is living, currently living in China. So I think I've had people who have lived in China, but not living in China as I speak to them. So you're a first in that respect. <laughs> All right. So, great. yeah. Um, so it would be lovely to start our conversation by just hearing a little bit about you. Um, who is Jerry Jones? Um, what are you passionate about and where has your international life taken you so far? Sure. Uh, so I am uh, I'm from the U.S., grew up there, grew up uh, right in the middle in rural United States. Uh, very, very monocultural, very monolingual uh, to, uh, to the extreme. And, yeah. uh, but I think even since I was a kid, I can, I can point back to times that I just dreamed about the world like I really wanted to see I knew they were far off places because I I saw the pictures of them I saw National Geographic and and I heard stories about them other people had been there and and I just dreamed of that always looked forward to that Um, and and even then though I I don't think I ever dreamed that I would get there Uh, but then uh, in college I met my wife Uh, we just celebrated our, our 24th anniversary yesterday Uh, and and uh, she had she had been to some far-off places and so uh, she took me with her and I got a taste for that and then uh, I'll give you the the short version we moved to China Mm -hmm. in 2006 uh, after we had adopted our daughter from China 
So we lived in the U.S. and we adopted Rachel from from China. And then we moved to China. We stayed for several years and uh, went back to the U.S. and adopted our son from the U.S. And so we just we just kept going back and forth. And so we've we've been in China for most of that time since 2006. Uh, right. mm-hmm. We we did repatriate once. We tried to move back, and it just didn't take. Uh, we were we were back for two years, and uh, I dreamed about China every every day that I was there, and couldn't wait to get back and. And so we've been back now for about five years and uh, have, have loved it, have hated it. It's been one of the biggest paradoxes of our life and, and we've soaked all of that up. I can imagine. So what, 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 what have you loved about China? What is it that pulled you back so strongly once yeah, you've repatriated back? Right. Um, for, for me, it was, uh, it was, part of it was China. Part of it was just the, the, the living abroad experience. Like I, I got very used to, uh, to being a foreigner, to experiencing that and the challenges that go with that, the, the frustrations that go with that, but also just the, um, it, it's excitement, but it's more than excitement. It's not, it's, it's not just exciting. It's the, it's the figuring out the problems. It's the, overcoming the the barriers and the challenges that uh that just come with a lot of everyday life and i also love helping people walk through that uh that that's become a big part of my identity and and what i get to do uh and so being back in the states uh, i I felt like i was on a timer because i was uh, my my stories my experience uh, were becoming Dated. I, I wasn't the guy who was living this anymore uh, and who could really empathize and, and connect with the challenges of other people. I was the guy who used to do that. And, mm. and so I, it, it just really felt like something was missing when we were back in the States. And, and so I, I was excited to, to get back and to live cross-culturally again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can, I've, I've, I've repatriated back to the UK and I can totally understand, yeah, where you're coming from. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Fact, yeah. Yes. Just this morning, walking the dog, I was having a little bit to think about um, life and yeah, location sure. and and the fact that we're back in the we're back in the UK for now for a while anyway because just because of where our right. kids are educationally. But um, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. So, um, Jerry, it's been an interesting year, if I can use that word. That's a very English word, isn't it? Interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> English, English word, I mean. Um, so it's been a very interesting year for, for everyone, I think, um, worldwide. And yes. I'm really intrigued to hear how it's been, how it's played out for you, um, particularly as you're seeing it from the Chinese perspective as well. Um, right. So, yeah, how has it all played out for you so far? and what's helping you to make sense of it all yeah it has it has been a really interesting ride uh i think at first it was it was just a disruption uh you know it was this new thing that is happening and uh and it was hitting china so it was a chinese thing and and so uh, the whole world was looking at us and and it felt like another another sars uh and Mm. And, and so it, it, it just began to become a little bit more disruptive as time went on. I, I had several events planned, and, and spring is, is my heavy travel season. I usually travel uh, for several weeks during the spring. And, and then one by one, things began to get canceled, began to get called off. And, and so there's the frustration of that and, 
and the sense that uh, oh, this feels like a big overreaction, and then and then it it just became really real, really quick. Uh, and I was I was actually in Korea to do a talk and. Uh, had had to be there two weeks before the talk so that I could uh, pass their uh, pass their standards for the event and mm -hmm. and during that time the, the event got canceled and uh, I came back to China and the day before we came or I came back to China our city declared that anyone coming from outside of the country would have to do the two work week quarantine and so I was on the front end of of, of the quarantine and spent two weeks in my office. Uh, and then since then, we've just been close to home and then we've watched it roll out across the world. And so um, it's moved from a disruption to actually uh, changing, changing a lot of our lives. It's um, some of the, the work that I do has, uh, because of the virus, has dried up and uh, has changed. And so we're, we're actually looking toward relocating this summer. Uh, we'll be moving to Malta and doing uh, similar work, a lot of the same things, but in a, in a different place. And so it's, it's changed a lot for us. Uh, and, and yet there are still some, some things that it hasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I can relate to that. And I guess, because what, what kind of work do you do? Do you do it a lot of, a lot of the work you do is cult, cultural training, am I right? In yeah, I, I do cross-cultural yeah. training and coaching. Um, I work with a lot of international schools uh, to train their staff and, and students uh, in, in cross-cultural things. Uh, right. and, and, yeah. Okay, and so that's very much in person, so I can understand. Or is it, or is it something that you can, can start to switch to online? Are you finding a demand yeah, for that? I'll, yeah, some of, it, um, some of it I can. And I, I love the in-person stuff. Like I, that's, that's one of the pieces that has been challenging through this, is I, I would much rather be in a room with, with a group of people and connecting and engaging and video is just not the same, uh, but it's, it's still something and, uh, and you still get a lot through that. And so I've worked on some video courses and, and, and probably in the future we'll be moving more towards that model, but I hope I never have to give up the, the in-face or in-person face-to-face uh, engagement. I, I love that. Um, and then I do other things. I, I coach and, and that can be done online. And, and it's a, it's a fascinating time to be able to do so much digitally. Uh, that's, that's great for someone in, in my line of work. Um, mm -hmm. but it also has, has changed, uh, a lot of the dynamics. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I belong to a few training groups with trainers who have done generally do I tend to do more online but do a lot face-to-face -face themselves and and you know initially there was this big reaction oh we've got to put everything online and now I'm beginning to right. hear people saying yeah online's great and yes it's working but we still need some of the face-to-face -face. and you know this whole blended sure. learning approach um is still right. yeah I think longer term is is needed yeah it, it can't all right. be online, Absolutely. obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. Do, and I really do hunger for that face-to-face -face connection. Actually, I'm missing it. I'm doing too much Zoom. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you know one of the the things that you were attracted to and you've enjoyed and you enjoy about living abroad is being part of that sort of international expat community. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, what you've noticed about you know, how the international community has reacted to this whole situation 
and and how they're coping um, or not coping. What what has your what have your observations been? Right, I, I, it's it's been really really interesting to watch watch it play out in the international community. And uh, to me, there there are two there are two really distinct and uh, equally as impacting sides to it. Uh, one, I think. Uh, the international community is in many ways is impacted at a, at a much deeper level. Uh, it's so it's, it's more than just go stay home for a little bit. Uh, for a lot of our friends, it, it was fly home, you know, get out of the mm -hmm. country. Uh, and, and then with border control and all of that, they, they can't get back in. Uh, and so school will be starting up again fairly shortly and a lot of the teachers can't come back. And so they're having to navigate, uh, what that looks like without 60% of their teachers. And, and so there's a deeper impact. Like it, it just, it, for us, like it, it means moving to a different country for a lot of our friends. It means not getting to say goodbye to the people that they've done this experience with. And now they're just, they're just gone and they're going to stay there for the people who are leaving this year. And so there's mm -hmm. a, there's a much deeper, deeper impact. I think this is, this is just my opinion, but um, I think it goes it goes layers deeper for expats and for for globally mobile people, uh, but at the same time, I also think that um, that in many ways we're also more equipped to handle that because we we've kind of wrapped our lives around the realities of transition, uh, not just the transition in and the transition out, but if you live abroad, you just you you undergo. Uh, consistent transition. There are constantly people coming in and going out. There are constant changes. There are constant moves. There are constant uh, policy changes and sometimes even governmental changes. And you're doing that from an outsider's perspective. And so uh, you, you get you get accustomed to change and, and transition. And so in some ways, we're equipped to handle it. And in other ways, I think uh, we're also experiencing a deeper level of it. And so uh, I don't know if they balance each other out or not, but I've, I've seen a lot of people uh, really, really struggling, but also really, really coming up with answers and, and finding solutions and helping support each other, finding ways to, to maintain their community, even though they're spread out all over the world, uh, which is a neat thing to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess resourcefulness is one of the... <laughs> One of the strengths often people talk about in relation to you know, expats and people who've been internationally mobile. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I've definitely observed that as well. But definitely. I also yeah, have heard so much about the, you know, the, the grief that comes with you know, being pulled mm. and plucked out of your life with no yes, absolutely. short notice. And that is such a challenge, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So our experience yeah, very, yeah. definitely helps us in, in um, coping and I guess helps us to develop resilience and to know that we have that resilience because we've reacted to change right. and challenge at different points in our lives, haven't we? But um, I guess it's still a variable thing and, and at times it can still feel <laughs> like an uphill yeah, it's, and, it's, and quite tough. It's all a part of this big paradox, paradoxical thing that, that we do. Like life abroad is paradox and and I, I believe that you have to embrace both both sides of that you know there are there are big challenges that that the normal people don't have to experience uh and and being able to acknowledge that there those challenges are there uh gives you the opportunity to deal with them but there are also a lot of really enriching wonderful experiences 
that the normal people don't get. Um, and I'm using normal a little bit facetiously. Uh, but, um, <laughs> But there is, there are both sides of that. And if you can only grasp one side or the other, then, then you're, you're kind of doomed to fail at this. Uh, but if you can acknowledge that, uh, that all of this has, has really uh, good parts and hard parts, uh, I, I think you're set up to do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. And it's interesting because I've noticed in the UK, you know, with, with kids finishing school and um, you know, I've got relatives with teenagers who were due to do exams and, and you know their whole last school year has fizzled to an end without right. the exams without goodbyes and it's quite interesting because there have been parallels in that respect to our lives you know living internationally and our goodbyes and 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 that's not something that people generally going through the conventional you know steps of life um, have to face or right. facing quite the same way. So yeah, it's been interesting to observe. <laughs> um, Absolutely, it's a different thing this year. Yeah, no, definitely. So one one question I was thinking would be really interesting to ask you, and that that's in given that you're, you work t- training people in in understanding culture. I'm wondering what what impact do you think this experience is going to have on culture um culture within <laughs> organizations cultures within international schools i suppose cultures within countries as well because we're having to think and to to challenge i guess our beliefs and values about many things um sure and that will permeate through perhaps to to impact culture what what, what are your thoughts on that yeah, uh, I, I would I would back up off of that question for for just a second and mm-hmm. um, and and start with I, I think my favorite definition of culture, uh, which because culture can be defined in so many different ways and um, so many people understand it differently. Uh, but I, I was I was teaching a fifth grade class one time and uh, I, I asked the class what they thought culture was and this little girl in the back was uh, raising her hand. I called on her and she said, uh, it's kind of like the personality of the group. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought, mm. um, I thought it was like, it just really reshaped the way that I look at culture and think about it because a group can be a lot of different things. There can be a national culture. There can be a team culture. You know, there can be the expat culture, the, uh, the national uh, nearby community cult- culture uh, and the group can be just about anything and all of those take on a different personality and I think uh, what's happening to us right now is that all of our groups are being stretched all of the norms of, of how we learn to operate within within our culture whether that's national or community or, or however it plays out uh, are being stretched and challenged and in many ways levelized like we're being brought to the same places as all of the other groups because we're experiencing a lot of the same pain. And and so my hope would be that we learn to understand each other across those cultural lines even better, that we connect with people because we've, uh, because we felt their pain and we've, we've seen how it plays out for them. But then the, the personalities of those groups, when you overlay this challenge on top of them, different challenges arise. So it's been really fascinating to see how this, this whole thing plays out in China, a very collective culture, 
where the, the government, you know, gives the mandate and we all do it. You know, they say put a mask mm-hmm. on and day one we had masks on and they're still, they still have masks on. I mean, we're going back to yeah. school. The shops have opened up. Uh, traffic is back. But everyone is still wearing a mask until uh, somebody tells us not to. And then I watch mm-hmm. it play out in my home country in the U.S. And it's just a very, a very individualistic country. And, uh, and it's, it's uh, the freedom feels like it's being stripped away and there are people marching in the streets and, and incredible conflict. And, and, and so I, I think uh, absolutely we're being stretched. I hope that we learn to understand each other. I, I think also in, in any mess like this, it brings out the, the worst in any culture as well. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. so, and we're watching that, you know, we're seeing that happen. Uh, but I, I, I really believe uh, that some of the some of the beauty is going to shine through, and some of those uh, heroic moments are going to happen as well, and and we're seeing that too. Uh huh. Yes, and so culture can be a unifying force, but also lead to conflict. And I agree. Being able to step back and view different perspectives, develop understanding, and recognize that they all have value and legitimacy is so important right now. So now moving on to a slightly different topic. We've all been reacting, adjusting our lives to the new realities of life. For many, it has felt a bit as though we're putting our life on hold, just waiting and watching, wandering amongst all the questions and uncertainties. But it now feels to me like it's perhaps time at least to start thinking forward and looking forward again. So what strategies and ideas do you have for us in terms of beginning to move forward? Sure. Yeah, uh, this is this has been my mantra uh, from from the beginning of this, and like in the training that I have uh, needed to do, switching it to online and, and all of that. I, I just I, I really think it's critical. I think it's crucial that we uh, that we dig deep into the loss uh, because this is it's just filled with loss. Like the whole world is experiencing loss right now, all of us, uh, but it's also done in this, like it came out of nowhere. It happened all at one time. And so it just feels like chaos. And there is this, this swirl around us. And so it feels like everything is lost. Uh, and, and the reality is that everything is, is not lost. I, in fact, I catch myself uh, saying that. This is something that I, uh, I use in my training a lot. Uh, and, but I caught myself saying the same things that I teach people not to say. Everything has changed, right? Uh, it, we're moving new school, new, new country, new culture, new people, new friends, new community. Everything has changed. And, uh, and I will, I'll be the first to call people out on that and say, no, everything hasn't changed. There is plenty that has not changed. Even though all of those things are true for us, uh, we've got a lot of things in place uh, from, from the things that we that we own the actual things in our, in our home that we will take up with us. Uh, but deeper than that, into the routines and the traditions and the, uh, the, the family connection that we have, there's so much that will travel with us. And those are the pieces that, that we will hold on to as we, as we move forward. Um, and I, I heard something the other day that uh, was just absolutely brilliant. I was, I was actually teaching a seminar and someone in the seminar shared this. They had talked to a, a psychologist who said that uh, closure is, is kind of the thing that we're all reaching for right now. And it's the thing that we're, we're really struggling with because we don't get the closure. There's so many people who are spread out all over the world. The, the 
end of the school year, which also marks for a lot of expats, it's the time when they all, when the leavers get up and go uh, because they're moving before their kids go to school. So it's the, it's the farewell season and we don't get that with our friends. And so we don't get the closure. We don't get the intentional eye contact and the, the good goodbyes and the, the dinners and the connections that we wanted. Uh, and she, she said that, um, that if you can kind of reframe it and just recognize that, that that's part of the loss, like we don't get closure this year, but we can have integration. We can, we can actually weave this into the story that we're telling and the bigger story, the broader story. And, and so all of a sudden uh, COVID-19 becomes a part of a much bigger story. And then we can ask ourselves the question, what story do we want to tell? You know, what do we want that story to look like? When we're telling this story five or 10 years later, uh, what, what's our character in that play? Are we, gonna, are, are we going to be the victim? Are we going to be the, the villain? And there's plenty of villains around who are just taking advantage of anybody they can and, and, or just complaining, griping. Mm. Uh, are we going to be the bystander? Or are we going to step up and, and be the hero of the story and, and really look for the needs and the people around us and say, how can we, how can we help those people? How can we connect with, with somebody who needs us uh, at the same time uh, reaching out to people when we need help ourselves? And it's not to minimize loss, absolutely not to minimize grief because grief just travels with loss all the, always. And uh, the whole world has experienced loss. And so we're, we all have grief at some level right now. Uh, but we can kind of choose the direction we want that story to go and, and, uh, and, and start reframing it so that it's a different story when we tell it later. Wow, yes, that's really powerful. Um, it's interesting because as you started saying that, I, was, I wrote down narrative and just was thinking along those lines and thinking that what we have to take with us, whatever happens, is the story of our life and our narrative to now. Right. But the point you make about, you know, then really thinking about how this story will play out longer term and how we want to be a part of that and, and participate in that story right. is, is really, yeah, a great question to ask ourselves. I definitely can see the benefit of that. Um, so how... what? what when you've been working with people in schools, and I just want to come back to the griefing because it's just occurred to me that quite a lot of people listening to the podcast will be exactly the, your, this, this audience, you know, who have perhaps had children um, finish their school term and, and yeah, not going back yeah. and moving on. How, how do you suggest parents cope with that with children and older children cope with it for themselves? Right. I think, I think it is absolutely, uh, it's key to, um, to move past what you think is going on in your children. Uh, I think we, we very quickly jump to the conclusions and the assumptions of, oh, this must be impacting them this way. Uh, and, mm -hmm. I, and I just, I think it's really important to sit down and ask open-ended questions to, to listen to them, to hear their heart to tell your story, to show them uh, how this is impacting you and that you're afraid as well if you are, that you are struggling if you are, and you are stable. I think, I think stability comes from what they see in you that doesn't change. It doesn't come uh, from you pretending that everything is okay. Uh, and, and I think there are ways 
to just really sit and listen to our kids to get to their heart because they may be struggling with something much bigger. Uh, they may, we may project onto them that they are struggling with something that they're not struggling with. And so then we're, we're actually filling their heads with fears that they don't have. And, and I, so I, I just really think if there was ever a time uh, that it was important for us to sit down and listen to our kids, to dig into the, the realities of what they're going through and to listen, uh, it's, it's now. And, uh, and there, are, there are definitely ways to do that. And, and, it's, and it's really, really important. Uh, when, we were, when we were moving uh, to the U.S., we were leaving China after seven years. And mm. uh, I, asked, I asked my daughter how she was doing with the move. And she said, uh, yeah, like, um, it's, it's good and it's hard. And I was excited. Like, that was, that was the best possible answer because I love paradox. And, I, and if you get <laughs> the process paradox, you can do this. And so, so I, was, uh, I, I was like, yes, like, that is a good answer. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? And she said, I really am looking forward to riding roller coasters in the U.S. Um, and I said, we will do that. We will invest in that. You and I will be on every roller coaster we can. And, and we, will, we will absolutely do that. What are you scared of? And she said, I'm, I'm really kind of afraid of getting shot. And, oh. and it just like it completely caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. uh, blew me away and but why wouldn't she be right like if you live outside of the U.S. and that's the narrative that you hear and that's the news that's everything that plays in the news um, and my first response was to try to fix that to back off of it and say wait 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 I like I grew up in the U.S. and I've never been shot I've never known anybody who's been shot. and then I realized <laughs> um, like it was much more important for me to just acknowledge that she's carrying something around inside of her that mm. I didn't know about. And so I, mm. I could just be with her. I could just listen to that. And I could walk with her through that instead of trying to fix it. Um, but had we not had that conversation, I wouldn't know that, that she was carrying that. And so it was really yeah. important to, to just dig around a little bit and see what was in there. And I think if we can do that with our kids, we'll, we'll be shocked at what we discover. Yeah, no, that's lovely. And that is... <laughs> And I think also, I mean, what, what you think about one of my, my daughters when we moved back to the UK and that the reaction, I mean, it takes time, doesn't it, to adjust to new situations. So to adjust to Absolutely. the COVID situation, yeah. to adjust to a relocation. And so, yeah, checking in regularly as well and, and giving the space for your children to talk to you um, when they want to, because sometimes they don't. So, I mean, I noticed that. Right, sure. And sure. they definitely didn't want to engage with me. But then other times they do and I'm noticing that now with this situation you perhaps don't want to talk about it on some days and then other days they've read something and oh let's you know talk about this because right, this is worrying right. me so yeah yeah just having that open. and that's parenting right like that's parenting <laughs> wherever you are wherever you live whatever your experience is that's going to be the experience um yeah. sometimes they want to talk sometimes they don't yeah 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 no fantastic and um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Jerry, was your, you have put together this online program for international schools. Um, mm -hmm. tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that, the inspiration for that, and who specifically it is designed to support. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just watching it unfold um, as we finish the school year. Uh, there's so many unique dynamics that uh, school staff are going through, uh, trying, to, uh, trying to not just teach home-based learning, which the whole world is doing, 
but trying to do that from multiple time zones all over the world uh, with the reality of being in a different country and, and uh, not, not possibly not being able to come back and to see the students that they've invested in. Uh, there, there are a lot of really unique challenges. And, and so I wanted to do something for international schools uh, so that they could uh, really think through the process of how to finish this thing out well. Uh, and it's, it's built on, really, it's built on the premise of less is more than nothing, uh, which we, we have to settle for less. We absolutely do. All of us, the whole world has to settle for less this year. But if we settle for nothing, we have missed something. And, and so even though we have to settle for less, that's still, that's still more than nothing. And, uh, and it's also built on the premise of of B, B minus, which I know that's an American grading system, but um, it's, it's lower than perfectionists like to shoot yeah. for, right? Like A plus mm -hmm. is, what, is what we like to go for. And you just don't have time for A plus right now. You don't have time for perfectionism and to do it exactly the way that you want it. And you'll, you'll actually, the year will be gone before you get it done. And so shooting for a little bit less and just getting it done, just reaching out and connecting with your students, just reaching out and connecting however you can with your community, uh, working through those relationships. If you're leaving, saying goodbye as best you can and weaving that into your story. Uh, it, it, it goes through the issues of loss and grief uh, and, and really dig into what's next, like when the haze from this whole thing has, has lifted, uh, what, what do we do then? And, and so it, it, it covers, it's a 12 session course uh, but really is, is focused like teachers don't have time to do it to stop and do a 12 session course and so it's just pick the ones that are most relevant to you and get what you can out of the end of this year and and don't settle for nothing uh, and, and so I put that together for international school teams uh, and, and individuals teachers admin so that they can uh, get the best out of the end of the 1920 uh, school year. Yeah, fantastic. I must admit, looking at it, I thought probably quite a lot of people, international schools or not, <laughs> would benefit from quite a lot of those those topics sure. as well. Um, but yeah, definitely um, really important in helping people to think things through and, and in an accessible way and probably a way in which they can choose to access it when it's relevant and important to them. And that might be, you know, for some of those elements in a couple of months time not right now or six months time, could be but right yeah 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 but um all there for them so brilliant well what i'll do jerry is i'll put a link to your website and that program in the show notes and on the blog right. post that accompanies this so um but thank you so much for your time today that has been a really really interesting conversation and yeah thank you I, thank you louise it's a pleasure to meet you and and you and i wish you all the best for your Upcoming move. When do you move? When is your? <laughs> that's the. Oh, that's sorry, the I think that, sorry, that was a very question. silly question. I'm forgetting where we are. Uh, well, sorry. no, that's a, it's a fair question. It's 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 the right <laughs> question. Like we we would love to be there in July. That's our that's our target. Okay. Uh, okay. We, okay. That's that's uh, COVID allowing. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, wishing you all the very best with that. But thank you very much for your time today, Jerry. Um, I've enjoyed Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
And thank you so much for listening. Remember to access links and resources and a summary of the key messages from this conversation. Go to thrivingbroad.com and look for episode 59. And there on the blog note post, you'll see the link to the show notes. And also remember to subscribe to the newsletter so that I can keep you up to date with all the latest podcast news through my fortnightly newsletter. Now I wish Jerry and his family all the best in their relocation and new life in Malta. And if you're currently in transition too, I send you my very best wishes. I know the pandemic is making relocation especially challenging at the moment, so I really do wish you all the best with your move. I'll be back soon with the next episode in the Thriving Abroad podcast series. Meanwhile, take care and stay well wherever you are in the world. Bye-bye for now.